Welcome to the Sport Feels Life podcast, where we're bringing you interviews with coaches and athletes at the top of their game. This is a community to support coaches, athletes, and fans who share a passion for making the world a better place through athletics. We are serving our community and providing a variety of resources to grow and win as a team in the sports we play and the life we live. We are your hosts. I'm Ashley. And I'm Megan. And we're so excited to bring you all things Sport Feels Life. Gustavo Osario is a strength and conditioning coach from the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, currently serving at the Elite Athlete Training Center in Chula Vista, California. There, he oversees the training of all the center's 32 Paralympic athletes and also works with its Olympic athletes. This summer, he will head to Tokyo with his athletes who will compete in the Olympic and Paralympic Games. We got to pick Gustavo's brain on everything from his personal athletic journey to training elite Paralympic athletes with their eyes set on gold at this year's Games. You're going to love this conversation with U.S. Olympic and Paralympic strength and conditioning coach, Gustavo Osorio. Welcome, Gustavo. We're so excited to have you. Just for our listeners who may not know you yet, would you please just describe a little bit about your journey and how you landed where you are today, what you're doing with your career, and what inspires you about it? For sure. Uh, First off, thanks for having me. As a kid... Uh, I did swimming and triathlon, which are not very common sports for, uh, for kids to do. Um, I moved on to karate for a hot second. And then uh, I guess my passion for sports really started to develop around middle school when I did football, wrestling, and eventually found my home with uh, track and field. Um, I went on to keep, keep doing track all through college, uh, excuse me, all through high school and college. Um, and then, you know, right around senior year, um, I had the opportunity to start interning with different departments at our, um, um, at our college. And I decided to intern with the strength and conditioning department. Um, and to be honest with you, I just kind of fell in love with it. I never, I, before that I was pre-med and pre-PT, but as soon as I started doing strength and conditioning, like. I just fell in love with being part of the process for uh, many different sports and just the, the versatility you can have within that profession. So from there, um, I was lucky enough to be offered a GA position at my university. Um, after that, after I finished my master's, I bounced around the country uh, at a couple different spots. I did some time at IMG Academy down in Florida. I interned for Clemson University with their Olympic sports. And then lastly, I interned out here um, in San Diego at the Olympic Training Center um, in Chula Vista. So after that, I got my, uh, my first chance uh, with baseball of all sports. I, I worked for the St. Louis Cardinals and their minor league system. Um, which was super awesome because I got to live in the, in the Dominican Republic uh, for, you know, eight months out of the year, I got to help, um, Latin American players start their journey into, into the minors and, you know, eventually the major leagues. And then after two years of that, I got the opportunity to come back out here. And now 
Uh, I work for the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee, um, primarily with Paralympic athletes, mostly track and field and wheelchair tennis. So I've been here over two years now and still loving it. That's amazing. So, okay, two years you've been there and you, I mean, you've kind of brushed over it, but like what was the initial draw for you as a younger adolescent towards sports? Like what was it about sports that really pulled you in and made you fall in love with not just one sport, but like obviously you're now coaching strength and conditioning, like all of these different sports. So how, like take us through that journey and how like just you fell in love with sports in general. I guess my, my love for sports really comes from a lot of like transformational experiences I've had through, um, through my journey, really. Um, as, a, as a young kid, I was very, very shy, but I also had very severe ADD. So you can imagine that as a shy kid with just a lot of energy, I got in, I got in a lot of trouble in school. So sports were a really good outlet for me to, you know, burn off a lot of my energy, but also just to have a lot of social interaction. Because, uh, you know, being a shy, a shy kid, like I was always the quiet kid in class. Um, but through sports, just like finding camaraderie, uh, just, you know, just the uh, everyday um, process of training with people, just being in a group. Uh, that I, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, and then going into high school, you know, once I narrowed down the sports that I wanted to do, uh, it really helped me break out of my shell a little bit. It really find me, or it helped me find my confidence uh, and really just realize that I'm actually very extroverted. I really love people. I love groups. And I really, like, I draw energy from them. Um, then going into college, I would say my relationship with sports changed a little bit and I started to see it more as a, an opportunity to really see like how much I could push myself. Like how, like I'm, I never had any, any big delusions that I was going to make the Olympics. I knew my genetic potential was pretty limited, but I did know like, Hey, I get four years at this. Let's see what we can do. Right. Let's see how far we can push it. Let's just work hard and let's see what happens. Um, and then just my journey through sports has kept evolving as I've gone into coaching. Uh, when I first started coaching, uh, I guess my, my big drive behind it was I've had such an incredible journey with coaching or with sports. It's taken me, you know, to university. I was able to like gain a scholarship through it and I've traveled the world just a little bit. So I want to help people have this experience. And now, you know, almost, almost 10 years into my coaching career, I can say that it's, you know, it's changed again. And now I'm, I see sports uh, as a vehicle for me to help people better their lives, whether that was in the Dominican Republic and helping uh, young Latin American athletes um, really like pull themselves out of some severe, uh, like severe poverty, pull themselves out of some difficult situations through sport or my current role with the Paralympics, which, you know, helps me serve a population that people don't really, don't really think about too much, right? Like, we know that there's disabled people out there, but we never really think of including them in sport or like how they could excel with um, athletics. 
So just being part of that growing movement and, you know, giving, uh, giving back to this population of people that can really do some amazing things once they're giving given like solid opportunities. I'm very thankful to be a part of that and, you know, just loving every second of it. So well said and just, I feel you can hear your passion and sincerity for what you're doing just in the way that you're talking about it. So I think that's really cool. I'd love to have you speak about maybe some relationships that you had experienced in the past with your own coaches that helped to shape you as an athlete and inspired you to pursue this kind of coaching career. To be honest with you, I've been incredibly lucky to have really good people as my coaches throughout most of my life. Um, like my very first coach, uh, our swim coach, he was a Cuban refugee. And not that, you know, I, I was a kid, so I didn't really even know what that meant. Uh, but just looking back and just like the, the lessons and the character that he was trying to instill in us from such an early age, um, you know, I, I was very fortunate to have that. Um, you know, moving forward, I had great coaches in middle school, an amazing coach in high school. Um, I really attribute a lot of my personal growth to both my high school coach and my college coach. Both of them, you know, really helped me develop as an athlete, but also as a young man. Um, I know that wasn't always easy. Um, you know, there were a lot of tough lessons to be learned, whether it was disappointment, how to win with grace, how to, how to work hard and not give up, how to be patient, um, and just how to set realistic expectations of yourself. Um, honestly, like I've, I've been incredibly fortunate. I know, I know a lot of people and a lot of athletes that can count on two hands, the number of terrible coaches they've had. And I've been su super, super lucky to have none. That's awesome. I wonder how maybe you take those positive experiences and translate them into the work that you're doing today. Honestly, I just, I try to, I feel like a lot of positive experiences and a lot of work was put into me during my development. So I just try to give it back. Uh, um, whether that's, you know, helping athletes reach their, their potential physically, whether it's helping them uh, wrap their heads around different concepts, uh, or even just being, being a mentor, being a friend when people need it. Um, I know that that's one of the things I love about coaching, that you don't necessarily have to stick to one role. You can if you want, but you will be way more efficient as a coach if you have a good working relationship with your athletes and you get to know them as people. Uh, and part of that is, you know, being there for their highs, but also being there for the lowest lows and just kind of helping them work their way through it because everyone's going to work their way out of a low. You can't necessarily pull them out of it, but you can be there and offer that support to help them get through it. As far as like talking about helping people get through their mental lows, what kind of tools could you offer or do you practice with your athletes that help them to kind of overcome those mental blocks? 
that's something I struggled with a lot when I was an athlete. Um, I was always my own worst enemy, just as far as being overanalytical. Um, I, I set very high expectations for myself. Uh, I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I did, I did myself no favors by just constantly um, putting myself down or just really expecting greatness out of myself, which, you know, on one hand, it's a very good thing. Um, you know, you shoot for the, shoot for the moon, you land amongst the stars, but it was also very frustrating during my athletic journey. Uh, I would say it wasn't until my junior or senior year of college when my coach finally sat me down and really just got through to me that, you know, it was great to have these expectations, but you're not, you're not doing yourself any favors by just always being negative on yourself. So I guess my advice to athletes is one thing, just breathe, calm down, and really like put the situation into perspective, whether it's something you're trying to achieve at practice or whether it's something you're trying to, you know, get over in your personal, in your personal life. We often make a bigger deal out of things uh, that are actually relatively small. So once we take a, take a second to breathe, step away, and, you know, just let that emotion kind of cool off, we usually have a much easier time, um, whether it's performing under pressure or just trying to rationalize any, any situation. Let's kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about the Paralympic athletes that you get to work with. And, I mean, we've, I think, you know, Isaac, Jean-Paul, we got to speak to uh, he talked a lot about how he's been able to harness what most people would say, oh, that's a disadvantage and turn it into this huge strength that he can use to make better decisions as he's competing. So how do you help those athletes that you work with to, to harness that and to, and to achieve their goals by kind of springboarding off of what other people might say is a disadvantage? I would say the way I approach that is very similar to how I talk to them about um, fear, right? Um, so the way I like to explain it to them is fear is neither a good nor a bad thing. It's just our body's natural response to a dangerous or a high pressure situation. And we can use fear to either freeze and let it control us or we can use it to heighten our senses when we are under pressure and perform even better. So the way I, I try to talk to them about what they might perceive as a weakness or a disadvantage is the same way. Like these are things that can either weigh us down and hinder our performance or hinder our view of life, or we can just see them as another hurdle that we can easily overcome on our way to achieving our dreams, to achieving success. Um, it's all about perspective. Um, and while, yes, they might be at a quote-unquote physical disadvantage, just the, the fact that a lot of these athletes have made it so far through life while dealing with this disadvantage or this uh, little thing that makes them physically different, they don't really realize how much mental strength they've gained. Um, but just the sheer fact of going through life and making it this far. So like once they realize like, I'm actually very mentally tough, um, 
you know, it really helps them put things into perspective and, you know, realize that they have all these tools to make their dreams come true, to, you know, get through tough workouts, to get through tough situations that maybe other people don't because they haven't had to deal with adversity in life. Like I try to explain to them, adversity is a good thing. Um, we can learn a lot more from adversity than having an easy path from, you know, from A to B. So just trying to get them to um, not necessarily change the way they think about it, but just change the way they see it, right? Like it can be a positive and most of the time it is a positive. Anything can be shifted if you just kind of look, you know, glass half empty, glass half full. So for sure, I hear what you're saying. Speak to the work that you're doing as far as the strength and conditioning side of things. Like what does it look like day to day for you and how are you implementing relationship and like getting the work done so that you have a good balance? My current role with Paralympics is actually a very, very interesting role because the field of strength and conditioning or just physical preparation in general is not that, it's not that old, right? So there's, there's a lot of good research. There's a lot of good science out there but it's still a fairly young untapped field. Now within that uh, adaptive sports or the Paralympic movement is even younger. So there's not a lot of resources out there on, you know, what might be best for a double amputee uh, or what might be best for a wheelchair racer. And within that, there's so many different levels of classification and different levels of ability within uh, let's say the same disability. So just to give you an example, um, wheelchair athletes, right? At least for track and field, there's three separate classifications. One are athletes that can actually get up out of their chair and move. They just suffer from very severe CP or uh, like say spina bifida. Then you have a second level of athlete that has a bit less function. They are chair bound, but let's say they have full, full control of their body from their waist up. And then I would say you have the third level of disability, which are athletes that can maybe only control their body from their sternum up or you know just their just their arms, shoulders and their head, right? So these guys are all throughout a spectrum of athletes that have all these tools for movement and athletes that have very limited tools for movement. Now, while they may not be in the same races, they'll be in different classifications, they are training for the same events. So it's my job to think of safe and creative ways to go about training them to get the max outcome while knowing that they have, some of them have a lot of tools and some of them have very limited tools for training, if that makes sense. That makes total sense. There's two things I'm hearing you say, like one is adaptability and the other is kind of maybe an assessment thing. And those are two pieces that you're working with on a regular basis. So mm -hmm. um, how do you go about assessing and then making those coaching adjustments to kind of fuel what you're doing with each individual? So whenever I get a new athlete, I take them through a trainability assessment. And that's mostly just to give me a very, very general idea of what they can and can't do. Uh, from there, I'll, I'll take that information and I'll design a training program that, at least in my head with what I've seen them uh, be able to do, 
I think will be useful. But uh, to go back to that word you use, adaptability, a lot of this is trial and error. A lot of this, um, I won't know if it's going to work until I'm there in front of that athlete and it either works or you know, we, we run into a couple of roadblocks and then it's up to me to be able to adapt the movement, the exercise, or think of an alternative movement that can get us the same or a similar outcome. Um, so a lot of it is just me and my ability to be creative and think outside the box, but it's also me and my ability to relate to the athlete and you know, reassure them that just because they can't do a movement that I thought they could have, it's not the end of the world, right? It doesn't, it's not a negative thing. Um, it doesn't mean that, you know, um, they, they are incapable of doing something. It might just need a couple extra steps before we can get there. Um, so a lot of that just comes back to being a good teacher and being able to relate to the athlete to, as to where they are within the learning process. It's so cool that you do this. I think it's probably got to be one of the most meaningful jobs to have because you're really helping people to achieve these goals that maybe they even believed at one time weren't even possible for them. It is. Uh, I will say I do take a lot of pride in seeing these athletes, like you said, be able to do something that they never thought they could do, whether it's, you know, an amputee realizing they can actually jump very high or, um, you know, doing, doing something like silly as like, um, like a clap push up for, a for a, um, a wheelchair athlete, just things that, you know, you and I might take for granted being able-bodied athletes, but for them, it's just, it's such a huge step to take and just the amount of pride and self-confidence that they can gain from it it's really nice to just be a part of um, helping them realize they can do these things. Totally. So what would you say so far in your career working with Paralympic athletes has been the most rewarding? Do you have a, an example of something that you've helped someone achieve specifically that you could share? Yeah, I get, I'll, I'll go ahead and share two things. Obviously, as a coach and as an ex-athlete, um, I'm always going to be proud of them, uh, proud of their performances. and. Last year, one of my one of my athletes, she actually broke a broke a world record for her event in the hundred meters. So, you know, having having been a very small part of that process, I was I was pretty thrilled for her. Um, but I would say, just watching these guys grow um, as people, just kind of. I don't want to say it means more to me, but I can definitely relate to it a little bit more. So similar to how I, um, I mentioned earlier that sports really like helped me find myself and helped me come out of my shell. Like it's, it's kind of cool being a part of being a part of that for somebody else and just watching them throughout the years, just grow into, into the adult that they're going to be, you know, find some confidence, find, find their own voice. Um, and just having a small part of that process, I, I feel like that's uh, that's just as rewarding as seeing somebody break a world record. So what advice could you give to somebody else who's like a coach, 
or an aspiring coach will say somebody who's in college right now who thinks like, I think I'd like to be a coach someday. I'd really like to work with elite athletes or a coach that is currently working with athletes, but maybe not the level that they want to be. Um, what advice would you give them as far as the best way to not only advance their career, but really make the connections that are meaningful and helpful to their athletes? So the easiest way to really see if you, if you actually want to be a coach would be to volunteer. And I know that that's not a very popular, uh, popular phrase. People don't really like to think of volunteering as something that they need to do but at least in the world of sports it's the easiest way that you'll see if you actually enjoy the lifestyle it's the easiest way to get some hands-on experience honestly like most programs out there are looking for volunteers so it's not incredibly hard to find um, whether it's a strength and conditioning program uh, any sort of sport program, like people are looking for volunteers. So, you know, if this is, if this is something you're trying to pursue, then I would definitely reach out and volunteer your time. Uh, but aside from that, for somebody that's already in it or just, you know, in the process, uh, my advice would just be to enjoy the ride. Right. So at least for me, I've tried to have fun at every place I've been. And I'm a big believer that if you work hard and you treat people with respect, life is going to have your back. Um, you know, things might not always happen when you want them to happen, but good things come to good people. And um, I feel like life doesn't throw opportunities or obstacles your way until you're ready for them. So just being patient and enjoying the ride. What are you excited about? What are you looking forward to in the coming months? I know things are kind of crazy in the world right now, but like what, what is the goal? What is the, the next 12 months even look like? Um, currently, to be honest, I'm just excited to be back at work. Um, you know, the, the whole quarantine thing was pretty stressful. Uh, just not being able to see, see my athletes and just being stuck at home. Uh, that wasn't exactly the most fun, but right now everyone's back at the training center, you know, we're back at it. Everyone's training and just super focused. Um, but within the next 12 months, I'm looking forward to hopefully going to Tokyo, you know, uh, joining our group at the Paralympic games and just seeing these guys compete at the highest level. I'm, I'm very excited to hopefully be a part of that next year. Yeah, I, I think that would be awesome. I mean, selfishly, I want them all to do well, but <laughs> yeah, really, like, I don't know if it was COVID or if it's the magic of the Olympic year, but a lot of people came back really focused. So it's been a very exciting three weeks just seeing these guys locked in. Like, it's made my job incredibly easy. And knowing the uh, just the potential of the people that we have here, uh, I can't just say that only one of them will come back with a gold medal if things keep going this way. I feel like our entire group is going to do very well if we can just stay consistent and, you know, keep putting the pieces, uh, keep putting the pieces together. I feel like our, our entire track and field group right now is on a very good roll, and I just want to, I just want to be, you know, another part of that consistency going forward. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to try to overdo it with anyone. I feel like 
this year, consistency will be the biggest key to just everybody succeeding. So that's just something that I'm trying to remind myself going forward, not trying to overdo it, just keeping that consistency and letting, letting the athletes be athletes and succeed. How can people follow along with you if they would like to follow your journey as you're working with these athletes? Like, are you on social media? Is there a website or a blog that you recommend that they kind of tune into so that they can keep tabs on you and your athletes? Um, I am on social media. Uh, I guess they can follow me at Goose Track Hero. Uh, don't ask me about that. It's a, it's a silly name that's just stayed with me throughout the years. Okay, now uh, I'm going to ask you, though, because you told me not to, so now you have to talk about it. Uh, well, ever since middle school, every, my friends and my teammates, my coaches, everyone's just always called me Goose. Uh, you know, it's an it's a easy way to shorten, shorten my first name, Gustavo. Uh, and I've, I've always liked it. So I always give the pe- people the option. You can either call me Gustavo, you can call me Goose. I'm cool with either one. Um, but I will say back to your social media question, I don't really use social media to post a lot of um, training content. I have been dabbling with the idea of starting um, a website just for adaptive um, adaptive training information just because you know adaptive adaptive sport is definitely a growing field in the u.s but there's not a lot of information out there so i've been dabbling with the idea of just starting a website and just giving people some general advice and general information on how to adapt strength training for their own disability or for their own situation so that might be something that i'm working on but it definitely honestly, should be something you're working on. That sounds awesome. It should be. But first and foremost, I want to make sure I'm taking care of my athletes. Uh, if I do have the extra time, I'll for sure do it. But right now, I want to make sure I'm taking care of these guys before I go and spend a lot of time writing blogs and you know putting videos together. We just are so grateful that you spent some time here and um, shared your wisdom and knowledge with us. It's been really wonderful chatting with you. Yeah, it's been great chatting with you. Thank you for having me. Goodness, Gustavo had so much great wisdom and passion to share with us during this conversation. Well, as always, guys, we are so grateful that you took time out of your day to come and listen to our show. If you liked this episode, please subscribe and consider leaving us a review so others can find us more easily. It really means a lot to us and it helps us get the word out. Yes, and we're always looking for new stories to share here on our show. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tell us their story by nominating them at our website, sportfieldlife.com. Thanks for listening.